Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Carrots and Cake Podcast. Once again, solo episode with me and talking about one of my favorite subjects in the sense that I like to make weight loss quote unquote, easy for women, just because working with so many clients over the years, also my own personal experience, I just see so much frustration and negativity and shame and guilt. And quite frankly, a lot of crazy (laughs) that goes into losing weight, especially when you hit this period of life, you know, this weird perimenopause phase of life where things change so much. And you feel like you don't have control of your body. And obviously like what worked in your twenties to lose weight is not working anymore. And I felt that a hundred percent. And I thought I was doing quote unquote everything right, but I was just gaining more and more weight. So like all those strategies of cutting calories, cutting all the sugar out of my diet, exercising a ton, doing tons of cardio, running was always my go-to for losing weight all of those things stopped working. And I found myself at least 15 pounds heavier than I had been. And I felt like that weight gain just came overnight. I was in one place. And then probably like three or four months later, I was like, what happened? Where did all this weight come from? So today I'm going to talk about basically how to cut the BS and really just lose the perimetopause weight. And the things that I think are the biggest dial movers when it comes to women in their 30s and 40s and in the stage of life where your hormones start to slow down and things start to change as far as your body composition goes. So every week before I start a podcast episode, I plan it all out. I bullet point it. I get all the key points that I want to say in the episode. And so when I was preparing for this episode, I wanted to call it how to cut the BS and lose the perimetopause weight. That was something I was sure about. And then I started bullet pointing all the different things I wanted to say in this podcast. And I came up with like eight different things. And I was like, that's not really cutting the BS. That's just like giving you all the things to consider, which yes, when you're looking at a holistic perspective of what's going to work best for the average woman in this phase of life, yeah, there's a lot of things to consider. And as I always say, it's never one thing. And of course, the more you know about yourself, the more data you have on yourself, whether it is slowing down, auditing your nutrition, paying attention to symptoms, tracking your periods, running the blood work, running the functional testing. There's a lot of ways to get clear on what your body needs. So instead of giving you 8 million things that you could consider... because everybody is so different. And obviously you want to take a personalized approach. And that's, you know, what we do over here at Carrots and Cake. And that's why I speak to it so much, because if you focus on the things that are imbalanced in your body or nutrient deficiencies in your body or specific 
health challenges that are going on in your body and causing you issues, it does give you a much more strategic and personalized plan of attack instead of throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping for the best or resorting back to the things that you used to do in your 20s to lose weight only to find that they are not doing anything or making your weight gain and weight loss issues worse. So instead of giving you the eight things I identified, I pared it down to three. And I thought this would be a lot more helpful because, you know, working with clients, again, my own personal experience, these are the things that I think if women focus on them and put their effort into and consistently make an effort with these things, they are going to see great results and they're going to benefit your health. They're going to benefit your weight loss goals, your body composition. And overall, I think if you can nail these three things, you are going to see progress and you are going to see results. And I think the other thing that's important to say is to let go of a lot of the previous tactics that you've used in the past and reminding yourself that these things are not serving you. And what I always ask our clients is when they come to us and they're like, oh, but I'm running or doing Peloton or Orange Theory, you know, five, six days a week. Is that too much? And I mean, everybody's different. Some people thrive with that type of exercise. They love it. They attribute it to, you know, stress reduction and, you know, how they manage their stress. And I think a lot of times we think these things work and doing more is better. But a lot of times what I ask our clients is, how is that working for you? And if your response is, it's not really working for me, I feel like I'm just running and doing all this cardio and nothing is happening. I mean, same goes with your diet. It could go with anything, any tactic that you're trying, but asking yourself, How is that working for you? And intuitively, I think you know if it's working or not working. And if you are putting all your eggs in one basket as far as some of those tactics go and they're not working, it is just time for a different approach. And as I always say to our clients in your 30s, 40s, 50s and beyond, it's not hard to lose weight. You just need a different approach and one that is really going to nourish your body, take the stress off of it and be sustainable and responsible because anyone can lose weight. Anyone can crash diet. I mean, that's easy. You just eat less, the weight comes off. But what happens at the end of that diet? I mean, same thing for like keto or Octavia or all these like weight loss drugs and whatnot. They'll help you lose weight. That's not hard. But the hard part is maintaining that and keeping that weight off long-term. And then also not making yourself crazy in the process. Because again, going back to how I led into this episode, there's a lot of crazy that I see. (laughs) And not pointing fingers, not shaming anyone. I don't want women to feel like this. I don't want them to berate themselves. I don't want them to feel guilty and shameful when they don't do things perfectly or skip a week of workouts. Like I want them to feel good about themselves. I want them to feel confident in their decisions and what they're doing. And I 100% believe when you feel good about what you're doing day to day, it builds momentum and it builds consistency and it gets easier and easier to keep doing many of these foundational things that are going to move your health and weight loss goals in the right direction. So anyways, I'm on a soapbox here just... (laughs) talking about some of the things I see, you know, working with clients and just being in this space as far as weight loss goes. So I'm going to cut the BS 
and get to the point here and tell you the three things that I think are the biggest dial movers when it comes to losing the perimetopause weight. And like I said in the beginning, if you focus on these three things and do them well, do them consistently, like I would say to our clients, do less better, I think you will start to see progress feel better, and you will get to those weight loss goals. So number one here on my list is managing your blood sugar. And I can't tell you how important this is. And in practice, working with clients, I see blood sugar issues all over the place. And if your blood sugar is out of whack, it is going to make losing weight harder for a number of reasons, just with regard to glucose and insulin and whatnot, but also your hunger cues, your cravings, you're going to want sugar more. And basically what happens in your 30s and 40s and 50s, our estrogen levels start to decline. I mean, all of our hormones start to decline, but as those estrogen levels decline, your insulin sensitivity decreases as well. And this means the body may require more insulin to regulate blood sugar and the more insulin that comes out of your pancreas, the more issues you're going to have with losing weight. And then low estrogen levels can lead more to that visceral fat and like fat stored around the abdomen and like the belly area. And a lot of times when you're having issues with insulin resistance and elevated blood sugar levels, you'll see the weight gain there. And then that's why a lot of women, when they get to this perimetopause, menopause phase of life, they're like, where is this belly fat coming from? Like, what is going on here? And it really is because of those declining hormone and estrogen levels. But yeah, our bodies just like aren't as resilient to stress anymore. So like, if you're living a really stressed out lifestyle, if you're consuming a lot of processed food and sugar, you're not moving, you're not lifting weights. Yeah, your blood sugar might not be ideal. And then like I was saying, like, there's going to be significant changes in your appetite and cravings. And I can't tell you how many women in this phase of life, they just, they want these sugary, high calorie foods. Obviously it will lead to overeating and blood sugar fluctuations and weight gain. So during this period of time, it's really important to get your blood sugar under control. So in the previous episode that I recorded, I talked about how conventional ranges versus functional ranges are different. And doctor might run blood work and say everything's quote unquote normal. And of course, like maybe you don't have diabetes or something like that, but you might be borderline insulin resistant. And if your numbers are out of range and you're having trouble losing weight, I think it's important really to aim for those functional ideal levels. And if you want to know what those ranges are, I offered a freebie in the show notes on that episode. So definitely go sign up. It'll be delivered right to your inbox. And it includes the optimal ranges for blood sugar, the conventional ranges, the insulin resistant ranges, and the diabetes ranges. So you can see where your fasting glucose falls, your A1C, your insulin, um, which can be really important information for you because if your blood sugar is out of whack, I'd probably start there as far as making changes just to improve that glucose. I mean, if you are somebody that wants to invest in a continuous glucose monitor. The It's called a CGM a lot of times. I used one a few times now and I did have blood sugar issues at one point. And I think it was just being super duper stressed, 
tons of cardio, and honestly, just not eating a well-balanced diet. So I'm going to talk about what to do for blood sugar or kind of the things that are most important. And again, it's never one thing. Obviously, diet plays a big role. I mean, getting enough protein, getting enough fiber, getting enough whole foods and good quality fats. All of that is really important for just having balanced meals throughout the day, balanced snacks, and making sure your blood sugar stays steady. So I wouldn't be skipping meals. Intermittent fasting could go either way. I mean, a lot of times women skipping meals, exercising on an empty stomach, things like that can make blood sugar issues worse. Kind of depends. Depends on the woman. This is a very blanket statement. Um, But I think the biggest ones here are, you know, if you're eating a ton of processed foods like low-fat cheese, plant-based shakes, fake processed meat, light and sugar-free desserts, fat-free salad dressing, protein bars, like all of that stuff is just not ideal for your body. It's just not quality food. It's super processed. You're probably going to be spiking your blood sugar. And a lot of times blood sugar spikes are followed by dips in blood sugar. So I think really aiming to eat regular meals and snacks throughout the day to stabilize your blood sugar is honestly the best way to go about it. And then other things that are important for blood sugar balance are building muscle, um, which I'm going to talk about in a second, um, because muscle, like the more muscle tissue you have on your body, um, the more glucose those muscles need. I mean, muscle is essentially like a sinkhole for glucose. So the more muscle on your body, the better glucose balance you are going to have just living your life. I mean, it makes such a difference. I mean, think about people who are in good shape and have muscle, not to say they can eat whatever they want, but you know, if they have, you know, a donut or a plate of cookies or something like that, it's not going to make as big of a difference. But if you are under muscled, yeah, you look at a plate of cookies, you feel like you gain like five pounds overnight. So making sure you have muscle on your body is huge. In addition to that movement, that's why we're always talking about walking and how important it is just for overall health, but especially glucose balance. I mean, every time you move, your muscles need glucose and sugar to do what they need to do. So simply just moving more throughout the day can make such a difference. So whether it's just taking quick little walks throughout the day, that's what I do in between phone calls and Zoom calls and all of that. You can get one of those walking pads. You can make it a point to take your dog for a longer walk. You can ride bikes with your kids later. You can have dates where you hit golf balls or something like that. Go for a hike. Um, There's lots of ways to add movement, but just simply moving more can help as far as your blood sugar goes. And I've talked to so many clients where they just add in more walking during their day and walking as exercise and the weight starts to come off. It makes such a difference. And it's not just burning calories. It's literally making your glucose control better. Um, The other things that are important for good glucose control are sleep. I know it's annoying to hear, but you know, if you don't sleep, at least for me, if I don't sleep, I wake up the next morning, I want sugar and carbs and crappy food all day long. It's just our bodies. Yeah. When they don't sleep, it is kind of like this weird stress response and blood sugar can go hand in hand or blood sugar issues can go hand in hand with lack of sleep. So making sure you're getting quality sleep, managing stress. I know it's annoying to hear, but our stress hormone cortisol has this relationship with glucose where if cortisol increases, your glucose is going to increase. So every time you're stressed out, your glucose is going to increase. And when your glucose increases, your insulin increases. And every time insulin increases, you have the ability (laughs) to gain 
muscle. That's a time where you can gain muscle, but you can also gain fat. And I think for a lot of people, every time that insulin comes out, you can gain fat. And that's always an issue when it comes to gaining weight and trying to lose weight. And then finally, the other thing that's important is making sure you're getting enough magnesium just from the mineral standpoint. It's so important for glucose, energy, metabolism, and a lot of us are deficient in magnesium. So that's something you could totally supplement. I'm a fan of magnesium glycinate. It's just one that's well absorbed. Most most people tolerate it well. Obviously, talk to your doctor, practitioner before adding it in. But you know, you can also aim for high magnesium food. So there's lots of options there as far as just getting those nourishing foods in. So the second thing to focus on when it comes to cutting the BS and losing the perimenopause weight is building muscle. And I know you guys have heard this one before, but I just can't emphasize how important this is. Just what I was saying, as far as glucose goes and managing your blood sugar, the more muscle you have, the better you are going to be. And obviously just having more muscle on your body, you're going to have a boost in your metabolism. Things are just going to work better. I mean, there's even research out there now that regular strength training can help with any sort of low thyroid symptoms. So there's a lot of reasons for building muscle. And then of course, just, you know, having more muscle on your body, your body is going to look different. And this is what I'm talking about all the time. You know, the number on the scale is the number on the scale. I have so many soapboxes for why I don't think the scale is always a good metric when it comes to measuring progress. And if you're actually losing weight, because it's not telling you if you're losing fat or muscle, you can lose both at the same time. But anyways, my point is here is that the more muscle you have on your body, your body composition is going to look different. And I think for a lot of women, they are aiming for a fit toned look where they have some muscle definition. And I just think if you want to change how your body actually looks, it's with strength training and building muscle. It's not doing tons and tons of cardio. I mean, cardio makes you sweat. It makes you burn calories, but ultimately it's not changing how your body actually looks. And then of course, the more muscle you have on your body, it's going to increase your metabolism. But that really goes back to your resting metabolic rate. And that's literally how many calories your body needs to just function. And the only way to increase this number is through strength training. Like you can't change the size of your brain or the size of your lungs. There's a lot of things that you can't change, but one thing that you can change as far as your metabolism goes and how many calories your body just burns at rest is how much muscle is on your body. So I think if you want to have a good quality metabolism where there is some efficient calorie burning, even at rest, the thing to do is to put on some muscle. And of course, that is with regular strength training. I don't think you need to do it every single day. I'm doing two to three strength training workouts a week and I walk and that's about it. (laughs) But I just think it's important to get into some sort of routine where you are trying to get stronger. You are slowly increasing your weights over time, over weeks, over months. But the goal is to get stronger, not to fly through exercises with tiny dumbbells that really aren't challenging you, but really to try to get stronger every single week, every single month to build that muscle. 
And then finally on my list here, cutting to the BS, being quick with this guys is testing. (laughs) And like, I kind of mentioned this in the beginning, but I just feel like if you're somebody that is spinning their wheels, you don't know what's wrong with your body. And I was there too. I was like, what is going on? It's like, every time I get on the scale, it goes up a few pounds. My jeans are super tight. I'm buying new clothes because nothing fits. Like I was in that place and just so confused about what was going on with my body and why the heck I was gaining weight. And really it was just too much exercise, too much stress and overeating, taking some personal responsibility here. But I do think my hormones were totally out of whack. I had blood sugar issues. If you're curious, go back to my episode about why I quit Orange Theory. That was like a big light bulb moment. Waking up in the middle of the night, starving with low blood sugar. That was like a key thing. Also just being starving all day long. But anyways, my whole point is I definitely had blood sugar issues. I had hormone issues. I had low thyroid. So all of those things were out of whack during this time. So for me, running the functional test, getting the blood work done, just helped me focus on what I needed to do for my body. And also getting those test results really was the catalyst that actually made me make some changes. I mean, I'd gained weight. That was very, very motivating to, to get my act together. But seeing those functional tests and the blood work with all of these things out of balance really was that light bulb moment. Like you need to make changes. I would see my cortisol through the roof. I would see my fasting glucose really elevated. I had super high estrogen at one point, super low progesterone, super low testosterone. My thyroid numbers were all out of whack. So for me, it was like... (laughs) (laughs) okay, we ran these tests. Your body is screwed up. It is time to make some changes. And I don't know, some people get really overwhelmed by that. They're like, oh my God, there's so many things to do. For me, I'm like, yes, we have data. We have results. Now I can make a plan and start chipping away at this. And you guys know, none of this stuff happens overnight. It's not like my thyroid, blood sugar, and hormones and my weight gain happened overnight. It was coming for many, many months, many, many years. I mean, yeah, the weight gain seemed to come out of nowhere, but I don't doubt it had been coming for a long, long time. And I was just ignoring all these symptoms. I'm like, oh, it's not not so bad having the night sweats and migraines and heavy periods and cramping and waking up in the middle of the night with low blood sugar and feeling puffy and tired and my hair falling out. I was like, it's not so bad. I mean, I was very aware of these symptoms and they were ruining my life at times. Even the anxiety, the sleep issues, like the short temper, like I I was very aware of them, but I didn't actually do anything about it until I had that testing in my hands saying, this is messed up. And then of course, you know, having a plan of attack, that was super motivating for me because I was like, okay, if I do these things, it is going to help. I'm going to start feeling better. So let's focus on X, Y, and Z and just get going. And that's, you know, what we do over here at Carrots and Cake. Like we run this blood work and these functional tests for you, and we give you a plan of attack. So you know what the heck to do. What does your body need? Where is the dysfunction? 
What is causing the dysfunction? Okay, so let's fix that thing. So like, obviously, we take a very data driven approach, like I love testing, I love it all. It's so fascinating. It's so interesting. And then we do create a protocol and recommendations for you. But with that protocol and those recommendations, we do the best we can as far as making it easy for you and making it very realistic and doable from day to day. Because yeah, if you run all these tests, you get all this data, and then you don't do anything, it's like, what was the point of running that? That's like what makes me crazy about when conventional doctors or a lot of conventional doctors, again, not all doctors are terrible, but a lot of doctors run the blood work and then they don't do anything. Like you'll see things high, you'll see things low, and then your doctor doesn't do anything unless things are like really out of range. And then they're offering you medications or surgery or something like that. That's obviously not our approach. If things are high or low or out of range, we are going to put you to work when it comes to your diet your lifestyle, your exercise, you know, what are you doing from day to day? And we try to break it down for you. Like some weeks or a lot of weeks, especially for, you know, one-on-one clients, we're giving them one thing to focus on. And once they feel good with that one thing, we'll add something else in. We're not giving them 6 million things to do at once because you guys know if you've ever started a new diet program or workout program or something like that, they basically have you like overhaul your whole house. I mean, I just think about like Whole30, like it's eliminating so many different foods and sugar, um, or you start like 75 hard or something like that. You're doing all these new things that are probably extreme for your life or things that you don't normally do. And that's fine. I mean, you can do anything for two weeks or 30 days or maybe even three months, but eventually you are going to get diet fatigue, program fatigue, and eventually you know, you're going to get sick of doing those things because that's not how you normally live. They don't fit into your lifestyle. They're not what you like to do and prefer to do, or they're not foods that you like to eat. So like this idea of eating like chicken, broccoli, rice every single day, sure, it'll help get you to your goals, but like how long are you going to do that? So my whole point here is that we make it realistic for you and your lifestyle, what's going to work for you. I mean, perfect example is, you know, if you have toddlers, you have little kids running around the house, we're not going to ask you to meal prep for two, three, four hours on a Sunday. Or if your family's super into football and Sundays are all about football, I'm not going to ask you to meal prep and avoid your friends and family because you need to meal prep. Like that doesn't make sense for your lifestyle. So for us, it's really about figuring out what is going to work for you, helping you identify that and then help keeping you accountable to what you said you are going to do. So our program's a nice mix of the data, the testing, but then also kind of like the real life approach. Like what do you need to do today? What do you need to do this week? And then of course, if you run into challenges or roadblocks, helping you get past them or look at things differently or give you an alternative or something that might work better. And a lot of it is you slowing down and figuring out what works for you and your body. And of course, having a coach there to support you, I mean, that's going to get you the best possible result. I have talked about coaching so much over the years with regard to business and anytime I've had my business coach, I get so much done. <laughs> and there's been years I didn't hire my business coach or worked with other coaches that you know didn't work as well. I didn't get as much done. And I don't think there's anything 
like magical about it in the sense that like things that I couldn't have done, like I think I'm very, very capable of doing things, but having a coach and having that direction and that support and that person to answer your questions and help get you through hard things or even push you out of your comfort zone, that's really where you grow and change. Because if you're just doing the same things over and over again, you're more likely to stay stuck. And honestly, the years that I've had my business coach, shout out to... Jill Coleman, Jill Fit on Instagram. Um, she's amazing if you're interested in business. But the years that I've worked with her, so much has gotten done in the business. The business has moved forward. I have been accountable to myself. I have just gotten so much more done in a much more confident and positive way, I guess. And so a lot of things from business coaching can 100% relate to nutrition coaching, but I just think there's so much value in having a coach because if you're doing things on your own or you're piecing things together or you have more of a DIY approach, like there's no, there's no reason for you to get amazing results. You might get pretty good results for sure. But if you're somebody that's just not staying quote unquote on track, you're not seeing those results. You don't have that motivation to keep doing the things that you think you need to do. Um, a coach can just get you so much further. And then of course, you know, just going back to last week's episode about if you're just not getting answers from your doctor or you're not getting answer from blood work. I mean, a different approach. Functional testing will pull out things that you didn't know were out of balance. And that's why I love functional testing so much. I mean, when I started with FDN, running tests on myself, even before I officially became an FDN, I had run a couple Dutch tests on myself. I think I had run a GI map and an HTMA at some point on my, or didn't run it on myself, but worked with practitioners who ran these tests. So I knew the value of functional testing. But I think once I started running the functional testing on the regular is really where my health really started to improve because I actually could make changes to my diet, my lifestyle, my hormones, my blood sugar, my thyroid, instead of just getting dead ends again and again. So obviously I have a ton of value in what we do over here with the testing. And if you're curious, um, we are op opening applications for January, 2024 on November 1st. So Wednesday, and actually when this comes out, it'll be tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're somebody who's interested in coaching and running some of this testing, I would sign up now because the testing, like sending you the test, doing the sample, sending them to the lab, <clears throat> doing your review session, getting you your protocol, all of that can take anywhere from four to eight weeks. So it would be a really good time to sign up, do all that behind the scenes stuff now. So when January comes, you can really hit the ground running as far as making these changes to your nutrition, your lifestyle, all of that good stuff um, that requires, you know, a little of this like back end work before we can really get you going as far as recommendations go, because that's a big part of this program. And your personalized program is gathering this data and getting to know you and your goals and what's going on with your health. So it just takes a little time behind the scenes. But the three tests that we run are the Dutch, which is a hormone test. It's a dried urine test. Um, you can do it, all the tests you can do at home in the comfort of your own home. You don't have to go to a doctor's office or get a blood dry or anything like that. But the Dutch is a urine test. We do the GI map, which is a gut stool test. As we always joke with our clients, you just poop in a hat, send it off to the lab. I swear it's easier. <laughs> than it sounds. And then the HTMA, which is a mineral test, and that's a hair test. And all you need to do is just 
cut a little piece of hair um, really close to your scalp, send it off to labs, super easy. I mean, all of these you can get done in just a few weeks. It just, again, behind the scenes, we have to get your paperwork. We have to send you the test. You have to do the sample. You have to send it to the lab. The lab has to get us your results. We have to interpret your results. We have to schedule your review session. So there's a few steps in that like first month to two months that we work together. So we just need to get all of that done now. So in January, you got you have what you need, you have your protocol, you know what you need to focus on, and you can just start doing it. And I think with the timing, it's nice because like during the holidays, you don't want to be thinking about starting a new diet or a plan or something like that. You can just enjoy the holidays, but no, come January, things are going to change and you're going to start working towards your goal. And especially if you're like looking towards like the spring and the summer and all that, like beach, bikinis, parties, like vacation, all that. I think January is a good time to start focusing on that because sustainable weight loss, sustainably and responsibly changing your body, it's not a quick eight-week crash diet. I mean, it can take many, many months. And especially if you have a lot of imbalances as far as thyroid, blood sugar, hormones, metabolism, it can take a little time to work that out too. So that's why it's good to get going sooner than later. All right. I have rambled on forever and ever. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you found it helpful. In sum, the three things I think you should focus on are getting your blood sugar and insulin under control, building muscle, strength training, really, really focusing on getting strong and putting some lean muscle on your body. And then finally, like ruling out metabolic issues with some sort of testing, whether it's functional testing or blood work or something like that. Because if you're spinning your wheels, you know your body is different. It's not the same as it was. And you're having symptoms. I think symptoms are your body telling you that something is wrong and needs to be fixed. Don't ignore that. I ignored those symptoms for, I don't know, a decade of my life. I like really was just like, it's fine. I can deal with these symptoms. And like now that I feel so much better, I mean, I'm 43 and this is like the healthiest and happiest I think I've been my entire life. But now that I don't have a lot of symptoms, like it's just amazing to know that you can feel good. You can feel happy. You can feel balanced and energized and motivated every single day. It just makes me realize how screwed up my body was and how unhappy I was just being at this state in my life. And obviously none of this happened overnight. It took me a while to figure it all out. But I think that's why I'm so passionate about helping women because I don't want anybody to go through this. You don't have to take the long... drawn out approach that I took. I mean, I was doing the FDN training. I have a million books on hormones and minerals and blood sugar and all of that. And I listened to a million podcast episodes and trainings and webinars. And I just put in so much work to figure this all out on my own. Obviously very motivated because it was my body, my health, my mood and emotions. Like there's a lot that goes into play here, but I don't think you need to take this long drawn out method. And I mean, I love this stuff. I just, I'm fascinated by it. I will read books on fluoride all weekend. Like I just love learning. I'm into neurotransmitters right now. So that would probably be the next phase of carrots and cake. But my whole point is you don't need to spend all this time, energy and money educating yourself. You know, if there's somebody that's already gone through it and, you know, with my team, we have, all FDN practitioners at this point, we've all gone through this training and, you know, we've worked with women for many years and have 
gone through our own health struggles too. So we a hundred percent get it. Um, we're all moms, we're all working, we're all taking care of our families and we just love this stuff and we love helping women. So my whole point is we can help you out. We can guide you through this. We've been there too. And we've gone on these journeys and educated ourselves. And now we just want to help women feel their best because I know not every woman has the time to do this. And then you might not be as interested in this stuff as we are. Like you just want the answers. You just want to feel better. You want to lose the weight. You want to make sure you're not having miserable periods every single month. You don't want to crave sugar all the time. You want to sleep through the night and be a patient, happy human mother, wife, sister, mom, all that good stuff. All right, guys, I'm really done rambling here. Anyways, applications are now open. Please apply. Once you apply, you'll get all the details in your inbox. And then if you want to book a discovery call with me, feel free. We'd love to chat with you through your own specific situation. Or if you have quick questions, just reply to the email that you get when you um, apply for coaching. We can just answer your questions there. All right, guys, have a great day.